Thank you, thank you, wonderful, wonderful kids. One of those kids is my kids. Um, so <clears throat> we'll move on to the, uh, the less interesting part of the service after that. That's pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> today we're talking about sharing with those in need. And, uh, and so this is all, if you remember back, to, in view of God's mercy. So what Lahua was just talking about is exactly what this is all about. It's, it's because of the love of Christ that we're filled and able to do anything. So tonight we're actually talking about financial resources and sharing those resources with other people. And, and so I just want to start off the service. First of all, my name is Derek, and I'm one of the guys here on the team. And if you're new here, and you showed up and you're like, oh, great, I showed up for the money sermon. I just want to apologize, and, and I want to make it up to you. So um, <clears throat> has anybody been in here, like, I, we don't usually call out our new people, but if you're brave, there might be a reward for you. So you've been here one or two times. Raise your hand. First or second time? First or second time? Come on up here. No? All right. All right. Gentlemen right there, go ahead and come here. All right. What's your name? JD. JD. JD, I got, I got $200 right here. So, <laughs> JD, come on, come on over here. Can you uh, hold your hand out? Okay, there's $200. Would it be all right if I took 10% of that and put it in this basket? Absolutely. Yeah? Okay. What, why were you so quick to give up the, the 10%? Or you, you gave it to me first. I gave it to you first? Okay. So the 180 bucks, that's yours. Go ahead. Thank, thank JD for coming up. 10, 20 bucks. Thanks for coming to K2. <laughs> okay, well, I just wanted to make sure that if you know, I fell over or something and passed out. There's enough sermon for you right there. You got the, uh, the, the general principle where, you know, really it's to start off with this whole thing. We want to actually give back and, and share with what we have, right? And specifically with God, but also we want to be generous not only with God, but with everybody around us. And, you know, today I'm going to be talking about living life with open hands, living life with open hands, because it's when we have open hands that we actually start to allow ourselves to be able to receive what God is trying to give us. Now, this is a, an amazing thing, because what I've noticed in, in my life is that oftentimes when times are tough, I want to have tight fists, right? I want to actually hold on to the things that God has given me. I want to hold on to the finances. I want to hold on to the resources that I have, but I learned from a young age uh, from my parents to live open-handed, and actually my parents are here today, they're right here, and I've got a, a fun story of uh, a time where they were going through a rough time. My brother, he had leukemia, he was diagnosed with leukemia when he was five, and he went through treatment, and he ended up having to spend a year in Seattle. Now, both my parents worked full-time to to make, make means for our, our family with four kids. And I was just a baby. And um, 
My parents weren't exactly sure how ends would be met when my mom had to go to Seattle for a year to hang out and to, like live with my brother who was going through treatment. Now they got up there and there was this one night that a lady knocked on our door. I've only heard about this story through stories. And there was this, this whole big thing about how she lost her bus ticket to Portland and she had no idea how to get home. She was going to have to sleep on the street. And I always remember the story being $100 that my dad ended up giving this lady. I found out today that it was actually $150. I think maybe he said $100 for a lot of years just so my mom would be less mad. Um, but he ended up giving her $150 uh, so she could buy a bus ticket. Now, he ends up needing something downstairs and he goes downstairs and he sees this lady uh, down there. And so he, he, he looks out, sees her go out the, to the street thinking, oh, she's probably on her way to go catch her bus, watches her for a while, and she ends up getting in a taxi cab and, and leaving. And then he talks to the neighbor the next day, and evidently this lady was at their door the day before. And so it was definitely some sort of scam, right? Um, and I think the reason most of us don't like to live open-handed is because we know there's stuff like this out there, right? It's, if we live open-handedly, we're likely to get taken advantage of. How many of you feel that way? Like, if I, if I live with just everything out on the table, like who's to keep from actually coming and just taking it off the table? Well, here, here's the thing, is that in, in my story, my family's story, the beautiful thing is that uh, all through those, that year, my, my mom wasn't able to work because she was taking care of my brother. Uh, she, didn't go, she didn't go a single week where the, the place she was working, which was Smith's, she was doing books for Smith's, uh, didn't pay her. They paid her through that whole year. And then there were other people who were doing uh, fundraisers, garage sales, and all sorts of other rallies. And they raised enough money to pay for the rent that they had, my mom had up in Seattle to the, to the point in which my dad was telling me today they had so much abundance the last time that somebody did a fundraiser, they just donated everything they got back to the church because they're like, we don't need it. We don't need that extra whatever, 1500 bucks that they raised. And so I just want to open up with those stories saying, hey, if you live life open-handed, not only do you risk the possibility of people being able to take from you, but you also open yourself up to God coming in and blessing you. And so let's just, I just want to start off with some prayer. Can we, can we pray and just let that sink in and then let God really reveal to us through the rest of this message what he wants to? God, we, we come to you now and we just want to open ourselves to your love. Open our hands to your gifts and your presence. And Lord, trust that with you, <laughs> Lord, you, if we walk your way, if we live your way, you'll actually lead us to life. And not just some life that's living paycheck to paycheck or day to day or trying to figure out how to get through it mentally or emotionally, but Lord, you say that you'll, you'll actually help us to live life to the full. So Lord, thank you for this evening. Thank you for everything that you've given us. And Lord, I just pray that you bless this time as we just learn how to live with open hands. We pray this in your name. Amen. So Romans 12, uh, verse 1 says, 
Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your reasonable, right, act of worship. That's what we're talking about. This is the only logical response to what God has done. And last time I got up here to preach, I talked about how it's hard. We don't often view God's mercy, but that's actually what I love doing out of this one verse. I, I like to view God's mercy. That's one thing I do like. But then the second part about this, I'm not sure I like so much. It says, in view of God's mercy, off your bodies as a living sacrifice. I like to view God's mercy, but I'm not sure I like to live as a sacrifice. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are with me, but that's a harder one to actually like stomach because that takes risk. <coughs> that takes actually taking myself and putting, putting myself in God's hands, which is a scary concept, right? But I've been reading through Exodus and I read the story of the children of Israel. When they, they get to the Red Sea, right? They get to the Red Sea and they're stuck between the Red Sea and Pharaoh's armies. And do, does anybody remember why God asked Pharaoh to let his people go? Does anybody remember? It's so they could go out into the wilderness and what? Worship, right? So they could go out into the wilderness and worship. And they originally didn't ask to go forever, but they only asked to go for three days. So this, this Red Sea crossing is actually taking place on the third day. And they get, they're stuck. Like they have no hope. And then God shows up and blows apart the seas and they pass through on dry ground and then Pharaoh's armies start to come across and God brings the water back over top of them. And guess what the children of Israel do? They worship. Right? And the beautiful thing is, it's not like God had to command them to worship. It's not like God had to schedule this out. Oh, now it's day three. You need to actually start worshiping now. They, they just broke into worship because guess what? They were desperately lost. They were about to lose their lives to the armies of Pharaoh or at best get put back in slavery. And God delivered them. And they said, we're saved. And they, they called out to God their rock, their fortress, their salvation on whom they could put all their hope. And here's the thing is when we actually offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. When we put all of our dependence on God. You don't have to contrive worship. You don't have to schedule it. You don't have to just set up, oh, I need to come to church so I can worship with my family or with my friends or with the body of Christ. Worship just flows out from you. Because what happens is we put ourselves in a place where we have to depend on God, where if God doesn't show up, you're lost. You're completely toast. You have no hope. And that's a complete act of courage. And it's an act of living open-handedly. But every time we do it, it leads to worship. Do you know why? Because every time we put ourselves in a position to have to depend on God, and God shows up, guess what? We experience the presence of God. Now, if you don't actually offer yourself as a living sacrifice, the best that you can hope for is entertainment. Is actually coming to experiences like this 
and watching other people worship authentically and, and vicariously experiencing God through them, watching them give up everything. And, 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 and that's okay. That's how we all start, right, is watching other people because it's a hard thing to trust the living God. Now, this is a big ask, right, to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. And I don't want to just prescribe what that's going to look like for you because it's going to look different for every single person. But reading Exodus as well, there's something that I, I came across just this last week, last Saturday, in my reading, and it was Exodus 23:15, And it says that no one is to appear before me empty-handed. It's talking about the three festivals. There's three main festivals where all the Jewish people are supposed to come back together. And he says, when you come back to worship me, don't show up with empty hands. Like, come back and worship me with something in your hands to offer, the, the community to offer to me, right? And when you do that, you'll experience me in some meaningful way. And so I was reading this passage, and I do long runs on Saturday mornings, except for today. I didn't get one in. I'll do it tomorrow. And... <clears throat> I was running back and I, just, I was just praying uh, at the last part of my run. And I said, God, you, you say don't show up empty-handed. And, and so how can I prove to you? Uh, what, what do you want me to give to you right now? I was expecting maybe when I got back home, he would, he would say, hey, when you get home, go and get this thing and bring it to your neighbor or something like that or, or bring this thing to church tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what he was going to say. And he just said, give me your heart. I just had this sense. Give me your heart. I'm like, okay, God, how do I prove that you have my heart? And I just had this sense, God, say, hey, uh, just give me your hands. And so at that moment, I was thinking, okay, now I'm going to go home, and, and then I'll know when I get there, like, that I'm going to help a neighbor. I'm going to go up over, like, I'll get home, and Dave, my neighbor across the street, might be like, hey, Derek, I need you to help me clear out the garage or something like that. And I'd go and give him my hands and do that. But he didn't say help Dave. I, I just kind of had this sense where he, he, I said, okay, God, here's my hands and I'm running. So now I'm running like this, right? And then he's like, yeah, lift those hands. And so I'm running and I'm like running like this now. Right? And I'm like, this looks crazy. So I'm, okay, by the way, I, I, don't, I don't lift my hands usually in church. So I, I know a lot of you do, but I just don't usually. So I'm running through my neighborhood with my hands up, eventually stop. And I'm just like, God, this is crazy. I don't know why. Like, nobody does this, right? It's like, um, <laughs> you don't want to walk through your neighborhood <laughs> like this and look like a normal, non-sane uh, person, right? So it's like, I'm all worried about all my neighbors around me. And then I just finally just realized God's like, hey, you gave me what I asked for. Now experience my love. And I just felt like he just showered his presence down on me. And I was able to experience his love. And that, that's just like, that's just a silly little thing. Well, I didn't really have to give up much except for my pride for a minute. But here's the thing is when we give, we show up and we, we, we give God what, what we've got in our hands. God always shows up in the middle of that. And when he shows up, we can't help but worship. That's what this passage is talking about. And I know I haven't talked at all about money yet, but I just, I just need you all to know this is the core of what we're talking about. There's, there's nothing that I can say about money that doesn't come back to this principle <laughs> that God 
loves you. And all he wants you to do is experience him. And what it takes is actually laying down everything you have. And what he does is he actually fills you up completely with his love. Because what it takes to know God is to actually take our hands and set down what we've got in him. And once we set down what we have in him, he can actually give us something more. But he can't give us anything more if we don't set down what we're holding on to. Right? If I just kept holding on to my pride, I wouldn't have experienced God that day. And, and God might be just putting on you some nudge of something today that he's asking you to do. And that's how he works. He works in whispers and nudges. And I just want to put that out there to say, hey, start viewing God's mercy and then start listening to those nudges and living your life as a living sacrifice. And guess what? He will fill you up every time because we need to show up with open hands. And when we do, God will fill us up. Now, Romans 12, 13 um, is what we're going to actually be talking about today. So I'm going to talk about Romans uh, 9 through 13. We've been going through these verses. It says, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourself, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. That's what we're talking about today. <clears throat> this is a continuation of what Paul is talking about. Um, just a couple verses before in verse 8, where he says, if you're going to give, give generously, right? So if you're going to give, give with open hands, right, is what he's saying. So generosity, the first point that I'm talking about when it comes to this section on money, and living with open hands, it's a central practice of a Christian. In fact, Jesus talked about this. Um, Jesus talked about it. He says, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So here's the deal. If you want to store up treasure in heaven... Jesus makes it clear what you need to do. Be open-handed. You need to give, okay? Don't show up empty-handed. Definitely don't do that. Come with open hands and give. You'll store up treasures in heaven. But the early church picked this up in Acts chapter 4, verse 33. He says, And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them that all... Um, and that there were no needy persons among them. So there's this great community in the early church where they, they, would, they, would, they knew each other so well, they knew their needs so well, that, that whenever there was somebody who couldn't pay a bill or, or couldn't take care of their families or couldn't feed uh, their kids, the, the community would rally around them and make sure that they have everything they need. There's, there's couples in this room right now who are putting people in their house for free. So they have a roof over their head while they take care of their children. They have open hands. It's pretty cool. Um, that's what the church did, the early church. But then Paul takes it to the next level, I think, where he, he continues. He talks about giving all over the place. But I'm going to talk about one in Ephesians. By the way, he actually was the one who instituted giving weekly in the church on the Lord's Day so that the, the church could actually save up money to give to Jerusalem. The church in Corinth could actually come weekly and give their tithe so that when Paul came, they would actually have money ready to give to the church 
in Jerusalem. And that's a, that's a good thing. But in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28, he says, Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Now, can I do a poll right here? <clears throat> Based on that scripture, how many of us think that stealing is wrong? Okay. Good. There's a few of you that, that still like to do it. It's all right. Um, <laughs> Jesus is still working. <clears throat> how many of you think that an honest, day work, honest day's work is a good thing? Okay. Uh, good. Uh, how many of you think it's not so good to be lazy? Okay. Um, there's a few of you that are lazy out there. It's all right. Um, how many of you spend, you know, pour over when you get your paycheck or let's, you don't get a paycheck anymore, but it, it enters your account, right? You, you were waiting for that just so you can pour over ways to give to the people around you and, and fund the, re- the resources that the church need. How many of you do that? <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Because... We don't do that, right? I wait for the paycheck to hit the account so I can pour over Amazon, right? And <laughs> see what cool thing I can buy. And, and I drool over the new wheels I could put on my truck. And those are the things I'm pouring over, right? I'm not pouring over ways I can give it away to other people. <laughs> it's like, what? That's crazy. But if you look at the three things in this passage, it says, number one, don't steal. So those of you who didn't raise your hand, don't steal. Stop it. Um, work hard. Work hard so that you have. That's number two, right? Work hard that, so that you have. And then number three, so that you have something to share. Work hard so that you have something to share. Knock three times on the... Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> that's a bad song. Um, John Piper, uh, he said it well, that most of us are living two of the three of these, right? And that's only two-thirds of the way to life. And I'll be honest, like, in my own bias, I look at that and I look at there's, there's a gap. I feel like the, the gap between number one and number two, stealing and working hard, is actually way bigger than the gap between two and three. Like, like, Okay, this is criminal gap, right? And this is, just, this is just a generosity gap. It's like criminal generosity, right? But that's not the gap that I think that Paul actually gives us. It's not a smaller gap. In fact, I was reading through Exodus 22, all these Exodus quotes here. But uh, Moses is talking about all these ways you can steal from your neighbor, in Exodus 22, one of those really riveting passages of Scripture, right? All the laws. And <clears throat> there's obvious ways that you can steal, but at the very end of the chapter, it starts talking about less obvious ways you can steal from your neighbor, like stealing a wife or stealing from somebody by charging really high interest on things. And then here's another way that you can steal in Exodus 22, 29, is if you hold back offerings to God from your granaries and your vats. We don't necessarily think of that as stealing. Like, when God asks me to give something and then I don't do it, that's just, that's, that's like, ah, I just forgot, you know, whatever. It's, it's just like, whatever, it's not a big deal. But 
actually right here it is. It's, it's, it's the difference between stealing and working an honest day for working with your hands. Let, let me just illustrate. Is there somebody with like a really nice truck in the room? I can, you, you want to come up? All right, Jamie, come up here. Do you have your keys? Yep. Truck? No, not yet. You don't? No. You don't have a truck? I do, but it's not. Oh, right. somebody with keys for a really nice truck. Okay, Kip, I know Kip's truck. Sorry, Jamie. All right. Kip, come up here. All right, Kip, can I, oh, all right, can I borrow your truck? All right, cool. Uh, he didn't even give me a time frame on how long. <laughs> so let's say, let's say, Kip, I borrowed your truck for two weeks. And then, and then, and then I, oh, it's a two, I know Kip's truck, 2018 Ford F-150, really nice, Magma, right? <laughs> All right, let's say I, I borrowed it for two weeks, and then we had Kip and Angie over for dinner, uh, Bree and I, and, and then I was just like, hey, Kip, I've been praying about it, and uh, thinking really hard, and talking to God, and after borrowing your truck, it was a really nice truck, um, I think we're just going to go ahead and keep it. Um, what would you call that? Okay, here you go, Kip. Thank you. Give Kip a round of applause. <laughs> so why was, it, why was it easy for JD to put the 20 bucks in there? It's JD, right? What did he say? He said, it was easy because you just gave it to me. Right? And why, did, why would it be stealing to take Kip, Kip's truck after he let me borrow it for two weeks? Because it's not my truck. And so here's the deal is that at the end of the day, everything we have is God's. And we're just borrowing it. Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18 says this. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember, the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Everything that you have is directly from God. And if we don't give back to him, and if we don't share with our brothers and sisters when they're in need, we're stealing it from him. We're using resources he put in our vats and our granaries to feed ourselves when what he did is he put them in our vats and our granaries so that we could live open-handedly and share with those who are around us. They're not ours to hold on to. They're just ours to steward. Now there's a lot of reasons I'm sure that we don't do this because now you, you probably are with me. You're like, yeah, we should. I don't know how. I don't know how to give. Well, there's, my second point is there's, there's reasons why we're not living open-handed. And number one is that some of you might just be unaware. Like, I grew up making fun of my dad for giving $100 to some lady that just stole it from him because <laughs> I heard it from my brother. But, you know, that got into my heart. Like, I grew up in church when I was sit with my mom and I would see the check, the tithe check tucked into the Bible. Actually, I didn't think about how that might, that's interesting. We, we do online giving. Our kids don't see that anymore, right? Um, us actually giving. Like, I saw my parents actually live generously 
with their finances, right? And, but not all of you in the, in the church here today grew up that way. Like you did not watch it happen in your household. It's likely that you actually watched exactly what I'm talking about happen, where you just spent everything you had on yourself. So you might be unaware or you might be unprepared. Did you know <clears throat> that there's 218,000 financial planners and advisors in America? And there's 670,000 CPAs? You know why? Somebody's got money. <laughs> Somebody's got money, that's for sure. But it actually takes planning to save money. And there's a lot of people that help you do it. And they take some money on you too, so <laughs> that's good. And some of you might be financial planners, so thank you. But you just might be unprepared. It takes actual intent to be able to give. Like, you might just be completely piled down with debt. And you got to figure out how, a way to get out of that before you can be generous. You can't live open-handedly if you're completely stuck with debt. You can't give 10% to the church if you're completely loaded with debt, that's just not going to happen. You, you, or, or you just, you, you have to at least, if you're not loaded down with debt, you have to at least talk with the, the, your family. Like, you, you can't just start giving without talking to your spouse, right? You got to have these conversations, and you got to plan for it. You're not going to be able to be, be generous to the people around you unless you've planned for it. Like, the fact that you might, you might carry, some people carry around a $100 bill everywhere they go, just so they're ready to give it away. But you got to plan for it, so you may be unprepared. Or more of a nefarious reason, or it might be just that uncaring. I mean, and, and I don't want to say that that's be offensive because I'm uncaring sometimes. I mean, we, like, we, all, we all admitted we like to look at Amazon. We like to spend everything we've got on ourselves. It's just part of who we are. And that's what the Bible, that Bible calls it greed. And we, we all are struggling with that in our hearts, right? But I think the one that I want to really camp out on a little bit is is just because it's, we're uncourageous. There's actually been uh, scientific research connecting generosity and courage. It takes faith. It takes courage to be generous. Because what you're doing is you're actually trusting. Even though you don't know what the future holds... You're saying, I'm going to give away what I have now that I could store up for a rainy day to somebody else. I don't know their story. I don't know how they're going to use it. I can't control what they do with it after I give it to them. But I'm going to do that, not knowing if I'm going to have enough for my future. That's a courageous act. Absolutely a courageous act. <clears throat> that link between Courage and generosity is very strong, and God calls us to be strong and courageous. But God also, remember, would be a living sacrifice. When we actually have to depend on him, that's when he shows up. That's when we get to worship him most deeply. That's when we get to experience his favor. Now, I know about, in America, I hear this thing, like, I don't know how many, hashtag blessed, like, there's always these, these conversations I have with people. It's like, man, I've been so blessed. Some of, I, I even know people who've, you know, they're, they're talking about their financial gain in this season. I'm, a lot of people have done really well during COVID, and they're like, man, God's really blessed me. But I want to read this passage out of Genesis, and this is the last thing I'm going to say before we close. Genesis 12, 1 and 2 says, The Lord has said to Abram, 
Go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land I will show you. I'll make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. The one reason that God blesses us is so that we can become a blessing to others. Just like Abraham, God is going to call you out of your comfort zone. He called him out of his father's household, the comfort and security of the the land that he grew up in, the job that he grew up doing, the family that he knew. And he says, hey, go out there and I'll be with you. That's exactly the same exact call that God is giving each and every one of us today. I want you to actually live open-handedly with everything that I give you. And in the, in the meantime, I'm going to bless you. You know why? Because I want my people to be a blessing to every single person they came in contact with. So if you've heard yourself say recently, man, God has blessed me, but you're using 100% of your resources on yourself. You're living in a very dangerous place because God never says that he's gonna bless us just so we can live a lavish life. No, he always blesses us so that we can live a life with open hands. A life where we can actually trust him with more of ourselves. A life where we can experience him show up more often because we're giving so much away that we're not sure how we're going to even make it to the next month. That's the life that God wants us to experience, to be living sacrifices. And when we do that, it's holy and pleasing to him. The only way we can do that is in view of his mercy. It's the only way. So this why we're ending with communion. And if there is anybody that doesn't have one of these cups, there's the Imhoffs here who would gladly give you one. Now, we need to view God's mercy right now because he wants us to live with open hands and if we don't accept his love, all we're gonna do is be grasping on any place we can find value and identity, and worth. And God's saying, I'm going to fill you with my love so that you can just pour out my love on everybody that comes in contact with you. That's what he wants us to do. And that includes our finances, our money. But it all starts with Jesus. On the night that he was betrayed, it's the Passover night, took the bread and he broke it. He said, hey, this is my body. I'm going to, I'm not just going to ask you to be a living sacrifice. I'm going to do it for you. It's going to be broken for you. When you take this, remember me. Let's remember his broken body right now.
took the cup and he said, this cup, it's a new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it, remember me. Let's remember his sacrifice. Lord, we thank you for blessing us with your life. Lord, you didn't just ask us to do this. You showed us how. Lord, you showed us that it's through your love and your grace that we actually have the ability to pour out ourselves to others, to give of our resources, to bless your people and your church with everything that we have. Lord, I pray that we'd live lives with open hands. We'd follow you and we'd be faithful. Lord, I pray this all in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And the band, the band's gonna sing a worship song real quick. And I left this, this box right here um, just to have one little practical application for today. Um, there's 20 bucks in there. I just want to say if anybody's in need, you're more than welcome to come get it. But if also after you give your offering, your tithes to the Lord, if you have some pocket change you want to throw in there because you have a little extra, throw it in there at the end of the service. And nobody will know if you're putting money in, you're pulling your wallet out to put money in or you're pulling your wallet out to put money in or take it out either way. If if you're in need and you, you, you need some cash, come up and get some. You might be sitting here and you're like, I'm not sure how to pay the water bill this month. Well, I'm, I'm gonna trust that there's gonna be more than 20 bucks in there, so let's, let's hope that you'll be able to actually see your need met tonight. So you guys, let's go ahead and stand up and worship our God tonight.